0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 334 On May 16th, 2015
1: Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter Girls are sharp as her are something rare And welcome to Craft Beer Radio 334 This is Herman's Hermits with Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter Which was number one song in 1965
0: Yes. Yep. This week yeah, I hadn't heard that song We were looking through Like what we could use For the show time It's like, kind of catchy I wouldn't mind playing that Greg consented So There it is That's the story Behind that song <laughs> That's the way it works Alright
1: We have um, We have lots of beers today yeah. uh, A couple IPAs A couple other ones
0: <laughs> yeah, What's the style of this one? Lager Just Lager Lager All right, I think we'll do that one
1: first. They call it on their website a classic country lager. This is New Glarus Two Women. And they say the collaboration of two craft companies, both led by women, New Glarus Brewing and Wireman Malting.
0: Wireman.
1: Wireman. All right.
0: All right. So, you know, we did that uh, New Glarus on the show last week. And we also did that Beer Named Teddy Mm -hmm. Topper on the show last week. And we kind of ranked spotted cow over heady topper. Did you see my tweet yesterday? No. So some, some, one of our fans was talking about this in his Facebook group, and uh, some of his comments were, you know, this show sounds like they're run by a couple of idiots. And <laughs> did
1: they listen to the show?
0: I, I doubt it. Not not the guy who made that comment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, craft beer radio run by a couple of internets, by the internet.
1: Run by a couple of internets? No, no.
0: Run by a couple of idiots. Yes. <laughs> a quote from the internet. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, that that sounds about right. This is malted with Bohemian Malt from Weirman and Illertau
0: Maltlfra Hops from Germany. All right. <laughs> Beer pours an amber color, clear amber. Had a little moderate head that's fallen down by now. The aroma on it is... Uh, See here, I I refrained from calling it Malty, and <laughs> I like mean when, so.
1: when the if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. Right. I want to do better though. Did you notice a little bit of an appley tone to it? I like think an apple wood maybe.
0: I I could kind of see like apple skins. Mm. Slight. I mean, it doesn't really seem like. Um or anything like that. At least, not like... No, no, just Not a, like it happens in my home brews. Right,
1: right, right. No, just a tinge of sort of apple kind of... Quality. Sure, sure.
0: And the maltiness is kind of a, a toasty... You know, there's a fair amount of white bread crust aroma. Mm-hmm.
1: And the color is a... No, that's a... Hmm. It's a... It, it's a Calling Yellowish amber. brown,
0: or amber, or is I that not had, amber too? No,
1: amber does fit. Yeah, I just wasn't—I wasn't thinking along those terms. Sure.
0: The uh, there's a little bit of graininess from the smell, you know, where you're getting not just a, a sweetness or just toast, but I'm getting a little bit of like little sharp pricks of graininess in the aroma. Mm.
1: A nice malty lager uh, kind of reminds me of a sort of Vienna lager.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely has a character kind of, I was I was going to say the same thing, kind of like, but it also has a, like a, a drier finish, mm-hmm. kind of clears out on the back end of the taste. It tastes much thinner. So like, it actually, it looks kind of like a Vienna lager. And the beginning of the taste tastes like a Vienna lager. But the second half tastes like a much lighter colored beer. Something with much less Munich malt or Vienna malt in it.
1: Hmm. It actually... Yeah, you're right. It it, it actually kind of feels a little bit like a... Um, well, what am I trying to think of? Sour mash lager, what,
0: like a Berliner Weiss, a little bit. Hmm. As I as I take another sip, I'm noticing kind of like a, uh, you know, from the malt, really bright multi flavor front. It's kind of like a honeyed grain or something like that, you know, with a nice, nice mm-hmm. bright sweetness. It's pretty good.
1: I mean, I'm reaching for that, but it feels like it ends similar to a Berliner Weiss,
0: maybe. I wonder if there's maybe a little acidulated malt or something like that. It's possible.
1: Hmm. It's nice. It's a good drinker. Easy on the palate. Mm-hmm.
0: I had a really good Hellas. I was in Atlanta on Thursday for that work beer thing that we've talked about before. We're at the Five Seasons Brewing in the Prado, which is north of Atlanta. There's like three or four... Mm-hmm. three different four seasons, and they're each brewed by their own brewmaster at each place. And I had their Hellas, and it was really good. I mean, for a Hellas, you know, comparing it against the style, it carried through a really great um, multi-flavor without being sweet. And, uh, yeah, it was, I was pretty excited about that one.
1: And this is an interesting aside here then. So, there is these... uh these two beers, uh, two women and Spotted Cow, both very drinkable beers. Why is Spotted Cow better than two women? And I think there, there's a bunch of reasons. It's hard to articulate exactly every, every reason, but Spotted Cow was it's fuller flavor. It had, um, really interesting kind of dynamics to it, uh, As as in addition to being very drinkable, this one has
0: a slight astringent bitterness that takes away from the overall lusciousness and enjoyability uh, of what Spotted Cow had going for it.
1: Yeah, Spotted Cow was one of those beers that was like nailed it. Like it was one of the more perfect sort of perfect specimens of beer that we've had on the show.
0: Yeah, I mean. You know, for if anyone who listened last week and disagreed with our rankings or had a problem with our rankings, by
1: all means, tell us.
0: Tell us. I mean, but we weren't saying that Hetty Topper wasn't good. We we're just saying our preference for the night is we really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Spotted cow, and then as a as a foot mode for me personally, you know, I've had Hetty Topper twice now, and sure, it's good, but I mean, with the I had better IPA. with the hype machine out there. You know, even I had a down-adjusted expectation this last time. It, it still just met it. it. You know, wasn't wasn't amazing.
1: I definitely have had better. I mean, I've had better, like you know, gold standard IPAs.
0: Uh, I've had better IPs, a- IPAs this week. <laughs> I'm not saying that, yeah, as a derogatory statement. I mean, but there are some fantastic IPAs that are readily available.
1: Look, I'll I'll, I'll take a Pliny any day over Heady Topper. If if you're talking about you know AAA class you know Mm -hmm. white whale IPAs,
0: yeah, I'll take one of I'll take something with a lot of mosaic and citra Mm. and very tropical passion fruit mango. I'll Mm -hmm. take one of those IPAs. I love I'm loving that wave of modern IPAs. Absolutely, I just think it's a wonderful flavor that they've put in these beers. I told I think I told the story in the air the
1: dayglow because that looks like it's gonna. Yeah,
0: I thought I told the story in the show, but I, I mentioned this to one of the people at the event on Thursday, about, you know, how for a while we were kind of like, yeah, IPA's been there, done that. You know, Mm -hmm. we've had the bitterest things in the world. You know, we don't need to keep... Let's find the nuance in the Dortmunders and the Helleses. But, you know, over the past two years, I've been on an IPA kick again because of the innovation. Right. And I love those innovative tropical Well, let's take a look
1: at two examples of that because we have right now the St. Archer, which is sort of the old style, because the St. Archer, which I guess we'll have next, is Chinook Simcoe Citra. So this is, um, you know, the the sort of past standard for, you know, getting a bunch of bitterness and uh, and full through flavors at mm-hmm. your IPA. So this is St. Archer's Double IPA. This was given to us by Mike. Thank you, Mike. They're out in San Diego. 8.3% alcohol by volume, 90 IPUs on this beer. Now, I have to say, you can't do well with Chinook, Simcoe, and Citra. It's just. It's, it, those are, you know, kind of. Those are the been there, done thats. Those are the ones that we were like, all right, we, we get it. Well, Citra and Simcoe are
0: part of the modern. I mean, yeah. Simcoe's kind of borderline, but Citra's certainly modern. This one definitely piles on the hop aroma. Let me I'm gonna warm this up a little bit. Take another smell they here. Say they
1: just use a two-row base malt.
0: Yeah, the beer itself is—it's moderately cloudy. Um, probably a lot of alpha acids in there, and it's a pretty pale, pale beer. It's a nice golden color. So, that if it's like all base mm-hmm. malt, that could be certainly makes sense.
1: It does smell tropical. On, on mm-hmm. the nose, it has.
0: Some pineapple, pineapple, uh, some tangerine, something a little floral going on there, like almost like a a pollen. It smells a little bit like a fruit cup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like a cherry tree pollen or dogwood pollen, you know, it's that season so that kind of smell is, you know, (laughs) ever present around here.
1: There are lots of good cherry trees around here, so there were lots of those blooms a couple weeks ago.
0: There's a sm- there's actually a little bit of smell of like orange crush, like orange soda. Yes. Of yes.
1: That. Yeah. Lay down those Chinooks.
0: <laughs> it, it lays down uh, several things, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this one definitely has a heavy, heavy hand. On the bitterness, and it's a pleasant heavy hand. It's not, it's not really enamel scraping or anything like that. But yeah, it definitely brings the hops. That's for sure. Take another sip here. Try to get a little more.
1: Yes, yeah, so the first thing I got was very piney, very uh, big resiny, and then some of the tropical stuff comes through. Uh, the Simcoe is used well here. It's not particularly Dordish. Uh It has some, yeah, some so some pineapple is coming through it. A little bit of like you said, tangerine. Uh, a lot of the smell is coming through in the flavor.
0: Yeah, well, you're right. Though it is piney and pithy. You know, that's yeah. kind of the main flavor components. Where the aroma components were much more tropical mm-hmm. and and uh, citrus. Yeah, Chinook, I would say, is the
1: the kind of centerpiece of the the second IPA revolution, <laughs> in some sense. Right.
0: This is the St. Arnold double I, I'm sorry, St. Archer double IPA. They're in San Diego. Silver can.
1: This is the green one. The The other ones, it's the same can, it's just they have a different color for their type of beer. So there's the, the blonde ale, which is a yellow, the white ale, which is, well, it's white. The pale ale is a blue, a sort of cayenne more than blue. And the IPA is red, double IPA, green for hops. Gotcha.
0: Well, I was talking about Five Seasons a little bit ago. They had another beer that was outstanding. They took their Scotch ale and they put it in a tequila barrel, which was previously a Cabernet barrel, which was previously a bourbon barrel or something along. The- One of the, that was wow. the lineage, I think. But you could really taste mostly the tequila and the and smokiness and this thing had coconut flavors in it and it was so smooth and creamy oh, it was delicious and it kicked <laughs> so hmm. i had one had a couple of my coworkers and a couple of our guests had, two of our guests had one and then it kicked so i didn't get around to getting a second one but it was so good this was in Atlanta yeah at the 5 seasons in the prado it was, he's going to brew, kevin's a brewery he was going to brew it again and uh, but don't go there now cuz you're not going to find him. Yeah. It's something they brewed for one of their secret stash parties. They have parties for their weed? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was talking with Kevin the Brewer there. I forget his last name, but uh, he, uh, he brewed with John Trugner out at Boulder when they were out there when John was learning the ropes. And he's been around for a while. He worked at Sweetwater, and I think he was one of the founders of Sweetwater, and he, I think he liked the pub life better, so he left Sweetwater, mm. and is now brewing in five seasons.
1: I was thinking about Kevin. Like nowadays, it seems like that'd be kind of a tough name, especially with that movie. We need to talk about Kevin. You ever heard of that movie? No. Oh, I think no. it's about a a, a a kid who does bad things in school. It's about the the fact that on has his parents. I think that's what. I, I don't quote me on no, that, could. but I heard it was a good movie. It's called "We Need to Talk About Kevin." No, oh, there's a lot of Kevins out there. There are a lot of Kevins. sure there's some good ones. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are some good ones. (laughs) They can't all be bad. (laughs) It's still, I mean, this does remind me of, you know, that kind of IPA, that that old cell IPA. They were like, and we've had it. We've had a lot. This reminds me of the the one I had in Tucson where it was like, all right, Simcoe, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I get it.
0: As I'm drinking through it, I'm getting more. It's getting back towards the tropical a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, so I mean, it's not 100% old school,
1: but, but it's laying but, the bitterness. down. But yeah, down. it definitely
0: lays down that piney bitterness.
1: Bright it's flavors, though. yeah. It's absolutely well made for what it is. For yeah. for a if you like that kind of IPA, this is a great example, and I think you would you couldn't necessarily go wrong with it. Mm. so but this is a new style so Elysian sent us a beer that's a couple beers this is their Dayglow IPA Elysian you may remember is the company that was bought by Anheuser-Busch and Dick Cantwell just left but this has Mosaic Eldorado and Centennial hops in there this is sort of the new style
0: of tropical
1: we're assuming we haven't had it before. Yeah, we
0: haven't had it before, but if it's leading with mosaic, it's probably in there, in that ballpark. It,
1: the malt we use are pale dextra pills and wheat. Is dextra pills like a sugary pills? Like dextro?
0: Uh, so there's dextrin malt, right? And dextrin pills, dextra pills would be the Pilsner equivalent of dextrin malt with pale malt. And since I haven't, when I hear dextro, I my... think of
1: dextrose. So I think,
0: yeah, of, no, yeah. so dextrin malt. I, I'm I'm going to need to look it up before I spout something off that may be incorrect. Are you going? You're pulling that up? Okay, this beer pours. It's a.
1: I know about dextro uh, uh, maltodextrin, which is.
0: Uh, no, it's not maltodextrin. Yeah. Just look up dextrin malt, and then. It's probably the same process that makes dextrin pills.
1: The type of crystal malt.
0: Okay, beer's a, a it's it's in the golden it's golden range, very clear, moderate head.
1: All crystal malt are made by converting the starch in malted barley into what is basically wort before the malt is roasted. Sure. Hmm. <laughs> After the conversion of the rest, the malt is killed and dried and roasted to promote a Maillard reaction. It definitely has sugars in it, because it, it, it gets a Maillard reaction to put sugars into them.
0: All right, I mean, so here, let's see, Dextrins. Um... Specially malt produced by a Great Western Molting Company located in Vancouver, Washington. Dextra Pills is a type of crystal malt that is often referred to as Dextra Malt. Other companies produce... I'm mean, looking at the same. Are you? Okay.
1: <laughs> they increase fullness, increase final gravity, uh, and enhance foam.
0: But there's something that... Yeah, so that that makes sense. I remember Dextra yeah. Malt's increasing fo- head retention. So, uh... Here we go.
1: The enzymes in the green milk convert starch into fermentable and unfermentable sugar are also known as dextrins. That's it. Well, so it is sugar. It is dextrous. Ultimately, it comes down to that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's probably a less fermentable um, sugar. Well, mm-hmm. dextrins are a less fermentable sugar, so that's why it helps with head retention and things like that. All right.
1: Back to the beer after that. Uh...
0: All right, so... Do you smell the D word? Do
1: I smell doord?
0: Give it, a, or maybe it's more dank than doord. Actually, it's yeah, it's more probably more dank it's, than it's, Yeah, it's dank. I was, I was confusing the two for a moment there. I forgot the definition of my own word. <laughs> Technically, your word, but our word. It's our word. I got the, I got the glass with the bulge again. I need to like break this glass so I don't have to feel that bulge.
1: Break it, schwierle. Well. How dare you? But it's... It's... It's malformed. Do you want to trade glasses? No. 6.5% alcohol on this.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of dank and leafy.
1: IBU, they say, stuck in the mid-60s. A
0: little bit of... Orange, perhaps?
1: Yes And it's similar to of the color Yellowish orange
0: Yeah it's not very bitter The 60 IBUs is accurate Compared to the last beer It doesn't taste very bitter at all Has a little bit more of a minerally quality to it Where the last one tasted pretty soft Grapefruit juice Getting a big Especially on the sides of my tongue, grapefruit juice is lining up, kind of acidic and tart.
1: The hops are sort of a more consistent kind of, uh, sort of lower, like, bum, 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 in the back kind of this. The malts are actually playing uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a little bit of a stronger role. It's, it's giving them Well, certainly.
0: The St. Archer was definitely hops and water. Yeah. And brightly used hops. This one has malt playing a role as well. The more I drink it, the more grapefruity it gets. The more sips I take, the more grapefruity it tastes.
1: Yeah. Well, it does have a lot of, it does have Centennial in there. So those are definitely going to give you lots of grapefruit.
0: And it's a bright grapefruit juice type flavor, not necessarily pith or peel like we get oftentimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So Eldorado hops. I'm going to look into this one because that's one of the other hops they're using. El Dorado Hops.
0: Well, you're looking that up. Let's see. What else can I yep. talk about? My trip to Atlanta. Uh, they had an IPA down there. It was pretty good after five seasons. And on my way out of town, we were on the concourse that didn't have a Sweetwater Brew Pub, but they had this um, kind of Mississippi-style little uh, eatery. So they had Lazy Magnolia beers there. So I got to have uh-huh. a Southern Pecan on the Ooh. way out.
1: A good one, I do remember that being a very tasty beer. Yep. You could taste the pecans in there, yep, or pecans. They just say firm but balanced bitterness, bright tropical fruit flavors, and aromas of pear, watermelon, and stone fruit Hmm. that's a That's a big description,
0: of course, you know suggestion mm-hmm. you yeah, know really wrecks with what you think you're tasting. Right around the time you were saying watermelon I was tasting like the deep white part of the rind
1: 14 to six percent alpha acid So it's a pretty high alpha acid
0: hop That was the Elysian Glow IPA it Has a tiger with like
1: it's Shooting laser beams out of its eyes Fucking laser! Reviews. By the way, have you ever used have you used that shark?
0: I mean, to find use the shark, it's sitting on my desk, okay. and I pick it up and push the button on occasion. There you go. Um, but <laughs> if you mean use it to point at something when during giving your presentation, no, no, I didn't expect no. that.
1: No. Oh, we should talk about uh, speaking of work things. Well, we should probably plug in on the post show. Yeah, that's a post show yeah.
0: Greg posted a uh, Twitter picture of his new coffee cup. Which it looks like a, a household apparatus. And uh, when
1: did uh, when did Dick leave Leasing? I don't remember. This is packaged on four nine, April ninth. Uh, it still has Dick's. Oh, his name on the label, <laughs> yeah,
0: and the signature. I'm sure his name's going to be on the label for a while. I would think. Sorry, March ninth.
1: I mean. That's April 9th. April. and eh, month. Four. <laughs> <laughs> I work with computers. They do this for me.
0: <laughs> well, while you're finishing up, we do going hit the play button over there. Mm. Commercialize this thing.
1: Make it go down for a bit because it might start out okay. loud. Of- <laughs> Jeff. Is do you think that there is any possible way to support the show?
0: Is there a way to support the show? There's lots of ways to support the show. But I mean, do you do you, really you can th- get like a craft beer radio tattoo on your forehead. You could. That, that's an investment. That costs money, and you definitely invest a lot. Uh, no,
1: of, Jeff, Jeff, you dummy. No. Just go ways. to craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon.
0: You could, you could rent a SkyWriter and write craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon in the sky, and then you could support the show by doing that.
1: I mean, you could do those things.
0: You could laser it on the moon.
1: Actually, if you were to do that, that'd probably be better. I'd do that. Laser it on the moon. That's it.
0: But make sure it's big enough you can read from Earth with, like, out-needing magnification. Yes, of
1: course. <laughs> but yeah, put craftbeerradio.com on the
0: moon. Or, or maybe just, like, the QR code. So people can just point their cameras up at the moon and shoot the QR
1: code. That just seems more complicated. I I would say just just lasercraftbeerradio.com on the moon, and you've supported the show. That's it. Thank you.
0: It's easy. And if you don't have the technology to do that, you could just shop at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.
1: Do the moon thing.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. Mm -hmm. So that was the Elysian Dayglow. I almost said moon glow because of our moon <laughs> conversation. Next beer was a beer sent to us by Heavy Seas Brewing Company. Heavy Seas is... They've had the name Heavy Seas for a while now. They used to be Clipper City.
1: Black Beard's Breakfast this is part of their Uncharted Water series. An Imperial Coffee Porter. So we have moved out of the IPA significantly and jumped straight into darkness. The the IBU on this guy is 40. The alkali volume is 10. Hops are Target, East Kent buildings, and the malts, UK Pale, UK Amber, Vienna, Light Crystal, Dark Crystal, Chocolate Malt, and Black Malt. It definitely carries with it a black color.
0: Yeah, there's uh, only the very edge of the beer does any light shine through? It this beer is, is
1: aged, dark. sorry, this beer is aged in bourbon barrels and brewed with Chesapeake Bay Roasting Company's Dark Sumatra Coffee. Lots of Sumatra used when they make beers. I wonder if that's just, it, it's definitely a full coffee, right? It has a lot mm-hmm. of oh yeah, full flavors.
0: Sumatrans typically carry, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say kind of a more... Um, Rob, yeah, robust. Like things yeah. you, when you think of porter, right? Yeah. Some more of those roasty, smoky um, flavors.
1: And I've been enjoying some of the other, I wouldn't say lighter, but they have more kind of
0: fruity, you know, fruity floral.
1: Sort of, yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the ones. Those are different.
0: typically like South American type coffees yeah. and some some Africans. Where if you go over. We I love like,
1: the Kunjin. I love the Kunjin a lot. But there's yeah. also another one that I've been trying out. I forget which one it was, but it's really good.
0: Yeah, so uh, the coffee does lead the nose here. Barrel might be in there behind it, but really the coffee's running up the majority of the aroma.
1: So in part of the whole breakfast beer, I mean, did founders start the breakfast beer thing or did they just popularize it?
0: Uh, That's a good question. Um, So, you know, when you talk about breakfast beers, you take the top. Typically talking about a stout with coffee and oats, right? Yeah. I mean that's kind of the base of it.
1: No oats I see in here, but uh, I mean but that's the typical beer, yeah.
0: Um, you know, if you don't put oats you could put lactose in there, you know, that would that would kind of give it the body and, and also that breakfast type scheme.
1: I remember breakfast stout being like really unique when, when we first had it. Mm-hmm. It was different and, and and kind of the even the suggestion, even though it was half time and cheek, the suggestion it was sort of a breakfast thing was uh you know, because of of the play with oats and chocolate and and uh, and coffee. Mm-hmm. I think it's become a real kind of style.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean Weyerbacher just put out mm-hmm. Sunday morning stout, which is like eleven percent A B V and yeah, coffee and lactose and probably oats you know it's just it's another yeah breakfast out even though it's probably not a super appropriate style name Mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of people making that you could definitely have a competition on breakfast breakfast outs
1: absolutely or breakfast because this is a porter so breakfast sure Prefer dark beers
0: <laughs> as I drink this I'm going to be curious if I taste anything distinctly portery instead of stouty mm. in it yeah so the aroma I guess the barrel is in there because there's kind of like a cherry thing there's happening. something yeah kind of, kind of like a cherry or vanilla woody thing going on there with the coffee
1: maybe maybe a slight hazelnut too there's a
0: okay yeah hazelnut's good Yeah, hmm. yeah, like almost like a hazelnut liqueur, like think Clue, would take away some of that extra ch- coffee and replace it with some hazelnut. Get another sip of that. Yeah, so, well, Greg's taking another sip. I'll try to talk about what I have, but I was kind of surprised. Cause I pull it in, and it comes through with a lot of. Um, roast. There's mm. a bit of licorice. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is the wood. There's some vanilla notes. There's almost kind of a spicy little cinnamon thing in there. And uh, yeah, so it really brought a whole bunch on that first sip. Now, Greg's, I'm going to take another sip while Greg talks.
1: The coffee is not as present as I thought it might be. It was there as kind of just sort of a background, kind of deeper roastiness. I was definitely going to call out the licorice if Jeff didn't, not a huge amount of astringency, although it doesn't feel quite as, uh, the full, the quite full bodiness of a roast isn't there, so it does have that sort of porter. Yeah,
0: privilege. I was just going to say, I, I definitely see how this is distinctly porter and not yeah. stout, because it doesn't, it has, at the, especially towards the mid to end, there's a creaminess lacking, yes. and it's a little more astringent, mm-hmm. and that makes it feel like a porter to me. Pretty good. Yeah, it is. At the beginning of the flavor, uh, as I drink it, I'm noticing more of a cream type flavor. Almost like a, you know, creamed coffee or something, or more like a cappuccino or something, where the sweetness is kind of blending in with the coffee to give it more of a cappuccino type flavor.
1: You know, if you're gonna do coffee, I love it when it doesn't feel like a. I mean, like a sweet coffee when when they don't add that lactic stuff to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, th- this is to me you know, more along the lines of what I want in a coffee beer.
0: Okay. Even though I think that's contradicting what I just said, but, but you, you taste a bit of sweet. And, and sure. while it's there, yeah. I, it, I feel like a
1: lot of the coffee beers I've had recently have been oversweet. They've okay. been, they've been taking that note of lactic stuff and, and putting it in there to give it sort of a latte flavor. Uh huh. And yeah, I'm not okay. into
0: that. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. I think I'm tasting a hint of latte. mm mm-hmm. And I think it it goes well. It gives it that more breakfast-type feel. Yeah, so but yeah, gonna be but sweet, it, yeah. But it's it's got to be a fine balance, right? Because if it's too much, it's, it could easily be too much. If you didn't see my other tweet, you probably didn't see this one. But I ruined a beer for Heather yesterday. She was drinking. She got this beer at Giant Eagle. It's Flying Monkeys, and it's their chocolate style. Flying Monkeys is new, new in the area brewery out of Canada. I don't recall which part exactly. And she's drinking this and she's loving it. And I take a sip and I just taste medicine. Hmm. And she's like, It's pretty good, isn't it? And I'm like, ah, it tastes awful medicine to me. She takes a sip and she's like, Oh now I can taste this Pepto bismol Oh. <laughs> so I ruined re- she couldn't she couldn't finish the beer. Pepto. <laughs> well, I mean, it was probably you know, she doesn't have a fine palate, mm-hmm. so take anything in the whole solar system around mm-hmm. Pepto Abysmal and you can get kind of um, you know, kind of minty and yeah, yeah. You, know, you can get to Robitussin which is closer to where I was thinking but uh, yeah, it was very it was very chocolate extract or something like that, medicine and she was loving it until she asked me and I, I should have said you know, next time I won't tell her what's wrong, why I don't like it, I'll just tell her I don't like it, it's because now I got a bottle of flying monkeys upstairs with a xylas in it that i don't want to drink and she doesn't want to drink
1: that that kind of reminds me because you mentioned uh something uh you mentioned um that you asked her about something and then she changed her mind uh it's been
0: a couple months she still doesn't see blue
1: this is the dress
0: yeah she still doesn't you see said you blue. wanted to see it after a couple of months oh i still want to see it yeah it's blue right away yeah um but, yeah, I mean, I, but I, I've looked at it since. Oh, okay. So it's not like it's the first time I've seen it in a couple months. But I asked Heather about it, and she still thinks it's whitish.
1: It's so weird. Cause My now, kids all see blue. That, that's all I see. I mean, I can't even imagine. It, it's hard to, to remember why I was seeing white and gold. I, I can
0: remember gold. seeing white and gold.
1: I can remember but, seeing it, but it's hard, to, it, it's hard to look at that image and be like, why was I seeing that? Yeah. It, I understand where you're at. Like, They changed the image on me. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that before when mm-hmm. that happened, but yeah,
0: we're talking about the dress. Everyone knows about the yeah. dress. I hope. Yep. Yeah, once you, you
1: Oh, this is a new story. Said new, new set revealed. The dress was groundbreaking. If you listened to us that week, you would have heard us talk about it. Yeah, that was. It was. It wasn't just an annoying thing that happened. It was actually a real, really cool experiment. Yeah.
0: I saw a funny tweet. I didn't know the person. It was a retweet from someone else I follow. But someone was at Comic-Con wearing the dress, you know, a copy of the dress or whatever. And, like, someone asked them, why aren't you in costume? And she's like, oh, I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heavy Seas Blackbeard's Breakfast is the name of the beer, and it's an ice drinker. It's It's... Ties is ten percent well mm-hmm. uh, among the the bitterness and the the kind of a um, slight woody character and the coffee character. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm liking it a lot too. Um, a little more creaminess in the back end, you know, to make it that breakfast stout, probably be something I'd prefer a little bit. But you know, if I pay, I'm, I like pay, the porter I'm paying something. most of my attention to the beginning of the taste, and I I think it's spot on. Everything for the first half is 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 really well done. Mm-hmm. time to rinse alright one more beer so I, I queued this one up because we did that uh, revolution beer a couple weeks ago and we seemed kind of oxidized mm-hmm. so I um, figured we should get this one on the show before it changes anymore this is from, from
1: revolution brewing They give, they gave this to us we think in New York we're not entirely certain this is their third year beer to commemorate their third anniversary. The bottling date on this is... I saw it before when I was looking at it. Yeah, January 30th, 2013.
0: And this is a barley wine aged in rum barrels. A wheat barley wine. Okay, a wheat barley wine aged in so rum a
1: barrels. a wheat wine. 11.2%. Be kind of shocked if you get this because it was brewed once. But hey, we got to drink it before it goes bad. We have this in your cellar. Lucky you, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's uh they brewed it with piloncillo sugar and aged it for 4 months in Appleton rum casks.
0: Cool. Beer pours quite clear. It is a deep ruby, yeah, mahogany color. It's a pretty beer Yeah, it's like Ruby mahogany for sure Boozy on the nose
1: Boozy, oaky, a little bit of
0: Before I twisted Mm. it You know, before I did the whole thing Where I laid the glass over And coat the outside I was tasting Or smelling more of the wheat Wheat wine uh, Type character but then, after I coated the sides of the glasses, it got a lot more rummy.
1: Yeah, there's rum. There's like a sugarcane aspect mm-hmm. to it. There's sort of a figgy note.
0: Yeah. Yeah, figs is a good call. Like, especially if you think of like figs. A fig liqueur or something like that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I haven't seen a fig liqueur, but I'm I, sure it's I, out there. I haven't either. Could make one. The Flavor on this one is it's pretty sweet. And it's residually sweet as you go through it. I'm gonna have to take another sip.
1: Take the first thing that hits you is that sweetness. Then the kind of stone-fruity thing has come in there. A little, a little bit of a dark cherry, a little bit of a plum, a little raisin. There's a... The rum quality going. Yeah, through. Yeah, there's a whole
0: bunch of things. Uh, very minerally and dry at the very end. That mm-hmm. kind of sits on your tongue for quite a while. It makes you forget everything else you tasted earlier. <laughs>
1: It is definitely good we had this last. Mm -hmm.
0: So it has a pretty thin body, which is kind of surprising. I mean, maybe maybe it only seems relatively thin after coming off this Mm. breakfast out or breakfast buckbeard's breakfast. uh, It's high
1: carbonation, though. I think that kind of makes up for thinness of the body and pretty significant alcohol warming too.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was expecting something more chewy but it kind of comes across kind of thin. And then I'm getting kind of like ripe banana.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And... Like I said, then really... Mm, chocolate c- banana. It, it finishes so chalky and dry on the tongue. It, it's like... That could be the wheat, though, right? I mean... Yeah, I guess it could be. It just... it It seems... Like, you know, you have one of those really dry Abbey beers. Yes, yes. Like a Chimay or something like that. That's It's really dry. It gives you that big chalky mouth coating thing. And for me, that's kind of taking away from the enjoyability.
1: Hmm. I actually enjoy it a lot. Although I do think... Like right now,
0: you know, I'm tasting like kind of marshmallow, banana, Mm -hmm. and other things like that. It's really good. If it doesn't go into that... Like blistering chalkiness, I'll be happy. Actually I didn't I didn't get that this time. So maybe it was calibration thing that was making it seem so dry.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it doesn't feel particularly chalky to me, although it does feel boozy. It does I mean I can feel it. You know, I mean it's five beers in, so it's not surprising I can feel it, but there are those beers where you feel it right away, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is one of those where you know you can almost feel the alcohol being seeped into your. That's somehow it's getting past the blood-brain barrier <laughs> just
0: like that. Right. It, yeah, sometimes you get that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you take a sip, and like four seconds later, you're like getting like the it's like your mainlining you know? it. Yeah. The um, every sip I taste something a little bit different. You know, for like one sip I had like ro- like ripe banana, mm-hmm. then the next sip I said marshmallow. Now I'm getting pear. So, you know, it definitely tells some kind of story where you're getting like kind of different nuances. It's a confused
1: story, but it's a story nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Does it have all the parts or does it go off the rails? Right.
0: (laughs) Is it a Nolan story or is it a. Bad uh, metaphor, Greg. Bad (laughs) metaphor. Too soon. (laughs) Too soon? Off the rails?
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry. Bear down.
0: And I'm riding on a train from uh, New York to Boston <laughs> next week.
1: I always feel like the best time to fly slash whatever is after one of these things happens. Because it's not the statistical likelihood that that's nonsense. But that people are, people more, paying, attention. People are paying more attention. Yeah. yeah. Probably true. <laughs>
0: I didn't even. I Greg's didn't sitting even, there like you can't believe. I that didn't he, even consider that. <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It was funny. I'm like too soon. He's like too soon. What? <laughs> like you thought it was talking about some part of the part of the joke. He's like I didn't say anything about nine eleven. And really, too soon for nine eleven. <laughs> As I drink this, I'm getting tuned in for it. And, you know, it, it, the rough edges that I had in the first couple sips, you know, I'm not noticing anymore. Maybe that's the booze encouraging me not to notice the uh, rough edges. <laughs> that's right. This makes you not say no. <laughs> that's a, a joke from Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. What should they search for if they wanted to watch that segment?
1: Uh, last Week Tonight, Bud Light.
0: But, like, okay. There's a segment about the whole up for whatever and removes no from your vocabulary. Right. Or you could just listen to the pre show. We uh, kind of piped in the audio, which is probably against someone's copyright, but. No one listens to the pre show. (laughs) HBO's lawyers might. Who knows?
1: If they did, they'd be spending a lot of time for very little effort. (laughs) A <laughs> very little, you know, goal, right? Payoff. Yeah, I, I would say if, if you're list, if your lawyers are listening to the pre-show of Craft Beer Radio, get new lawyers. <laughs> They're charging you for nothing.
0: All right, I guess it's time to get on to the ranking. I think
1: it is. Hmm. Okay. Right? Right. Yeah, it's a different... It, it's not a totally easy call for me, but I think I have mine. Okay, why don't
0: you start then?
1: Well, I haven't written it down Oh, yet. you haven't written it down. Well,
0: then I will start, I suppose. Right. So, from the bottom. You know, I gave New Glarus the top spot last week. I might have to... I think. Yeah, I think they get the bottom spot this week. Not a bad beer. Just, uh... It wasn't as drinkable or as fascinating as many of the other beers we had tonight, so I'll put that in fifth place. In fourth place, let's put... This is a hard one. I'm debating whether I put the Elysian in fourth place or the Revolution in fourth place. Hmm. Um, So the Revolution, you know, I'm starting to enjoy it now. I got, got towards the end, but it wasn't very drinkable up front. The Elysian wasn't as... You know, exciting on all the hops, as, like, the St. Archer was. But, I mean, it was good. Um, and then the Revolution got good towards the end. I think I'll put the Revolution in fourth place. The Elysian will then go to third. And then in second place, let's put... Hmm... This is another hard one So let's see, the Blackbeard's Breakfast I thought was really, I mean, in the front half And then we got the St. Archer Which had wonderful Aromas going on in it Okay, I'll put the St. Archer in second And I'm going to put the Heavy Seas Blackbeard Breakfast In first lot uh, It's a pretty good show um, You know There's a couple pairs of hard to choose ones there But Yeah, mm. can't really go wrong with any of these
1: Okay, as you were typing mine, I just need to finish typing. Sure. My, uh, typing yours, I need to finish typing mine out just so I can make sure I got it right. Because sure. you actually confused me when you were talking. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Did I is, uh, uh, change your rankings and all?
1: You influenced my ranking. Did you change them?
0: I, I wonder if. So, hey, Java wants to upgrade again. It's two Saturdays in a row Java's pushed an upgrade. Well, well,
1: you haven't upgraded, so... No, I did. Oh. I did upgrade Java. Must be some zero days out there.
0: Or they're starting a Saturday update cycle. Who knows?
1: All right, so uh, my... I'm with you, Nuclarus, number five. Um, I mean, it was certainly a a, a decent chinker, but the other beers definitely overshadowed it. Uh, Number four is going to be with the St. Archer... I mean, one through four were great. I think they were all really great. Uh, I just, like, I kind of, I'm kind of over Chinook-heavy beers, so that's why St. St. Archer gets last place, even though it was well done. My number three isn't going to be the Elysian. Uh, It was, you know, sort of taking to the tropical notes, even though it wasn't as prevalent in terms of the hoppiness. uh, I did like it. I did like it, and I liked uh, what it was presenting to me. Number two, this beer, the revolution, wheat wine. I think it's really good. It's a little high in alcohol, and, and it's, it, it, it may be cheating a bit by being at the end of the show and influencing a lot of my opinion, <laughs> but hey, sometimes cheating works. And number one, I'm with you with the Heavy Seas. That was great. Heavy Seas was really, really good.
0: Alright, well thank you everyone For listening to another episode Of Craft Beer Radio That was episode 334 And There we go We got Herman's Herbs. Thanks everyone for listening to Craft Beer Radio Craft Beer Radio Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license You can visit craftbeerradio.com For more information If you want to contact us, you can hit us up Via email at beer at craftbeerradio.com If you want to talk to us on Twitter, we're at craftbeerradio. Our individual Twitter's tweet handles are at Jeff Bear. That's CBR Greg. That's CBR
1: Greg, sorry, I was I <laughs> had, had a mouthful water. of
0: water. Uh, that's the primary place to catch us on social media. We don't pay too much attention to Facebook or Google Plus, but we do have presences there as well.
1: I remember this from Naked Gun.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I seem to re- I remember David or uh, David Lee Roth singing this song. I think he, he could it. Yeah.
1: She's
0: everything I'm of. We'll have to see if actually there's a DLR version of that. But thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you later.